Black Swan, 2010, directed by Darren Aronofsky. Thrillers are perfect candidates for the cinema immersion tank because you get the chance to fully absorb everything and find each puzzle piece in order to figure out what's really going on. A thriller is meant to engage the intellect of the viewer, so each time you watch it you notice something new or you begin to think about certain scenes in a way that you hadn't before. One also gets to answer the question of what, if anything, was real. Thrillers excel in presenting a fragmented reality, one that reflects the state of mind of the protagonist, then one can understand what the true film is really about. Black Swan's protagonist certainly has a lot to sort out on the reality scale. Nina, played by Natalie Portman, is a skilled dancer and a dedicated artist, but after years at her company, she hasn't gotten her big break yet. Now, with age creeping up on her and a ballet's director breathing down her neck, she has one shot to make or break her career. What follows is a catalog of the fears and pressures of an artist face when she doesn't have the creative spark to bring her work to life. On the face of it, Black Swan is about the pressure which all artists face, most notably the fear that after years of dedication you might never get out of the chorus and die in obscurity. Nina gets her chance, but throughout the film, Thomas is unimpressed. He's the uh, director of the ballet company, by the way. She lacks that creative spark, the ability to lose herself in her performance and surprise herself. Now show me your Black Swan, Nina. Not so controlled. Seduces. Not just the prince, but the court, the audience, the entire world. Come on. The fuerte are like a spider spinning a whip. Attack it. Attack it. Come on. It's that inexplicable it that all artists try it for but can't put their finger on, even if they've got it. She doesn't have that spark, and if she's going to dance the black swan, she's going to have to get it and get it soon. Perfection is not just about control. It's also about letting go. Surprise yourself so you can surprise the audience. Transcendence. And very few have it in them. I think I do have it in them. Ah! You bit me? I can't, I can't believe you, you bit me. I'm sorry. But what kind of person can truly understand the black swan? Thomas lays it out quite clearly. She's a seductress. She's a vibrant, sexual being who can charm anyone. And Nina, as a person, as a dancer, is clearly the opposite. She can dance the pure, fearful white swan perfectly. But when it comes to the black swan, she's cold, frigid, faking it. She doesn't know what it's like to seduce someone or flirt. She lives with her controlling mother, probably has for her entire life. To get a breakthrough, she's going to have to find out what it means to break loose and be independent for once in her life. What results is the greatest dancing that everybody's ever seen, and Nina's death. I am of the opinion that Nina dies at the end of the film. It's not definitive, I just think that the film is more powerful that way. The funny thing is, is that the more I watched that ending, the happier I grew, because I had this feeling that Nina had come so far from where she'd started and transformed into a completely different person. It wasn't as if she just understood the black swan. She embodied it. Oh, rough start, huh? Must have been pretty humiliating. Get out of my room! See, I'm just I'm worried about the next act. I'm just not sure you're feeling up to it. Stop. Please stop. How about I dance the black swan for you? 
transcended her limits so completely that the most electrifying scene in the film is Nina dancing the Black Swan. The Black Swan is a performance of a performance, by the way. The Black Swan danced by Nina Sayers, acted by Natalie Portman. The scene that I loved during the five days of viewing that film was that of Nina backstage, waiting to enter the scene, preening and posturing as the Black Swan. Tomat talks in the film about seducing the audience with her dancing, but Nina's the one who's been seduced by the power of the swan itself, and she loves it. She can see the goose flesh and the feathers forming on her arms, and the sequence ends with a dance sequence represented by Nina's complete metamorphosis into the swan before an ecstatic audience. Then she goes back to her dressing room, where my favorite line of the entire film takes place, It's my turn, as she stabs uh, Mila Kunis. Uh, That was prior to this scene, by the way. Nina roars that after stabbing her rival with a mirror shard. Then she finds out that it didn't happen, and in fact, she's the one who's been stabbed. And at that moment, she realizes she's going to die. But like the white swan in Swan Lake, she accepts her fate and finishes the ballet. Nina sees her mother at the performance, the crowd goes wild, and she delivers her final line with the unhinged poise of Norma Desmond, crossed with Alex DeLarge. That was great. I was happy with that. Seriously, I was happy with that. Most artists would be happy to be the light that burns twice as bright and half as long. And Nina is as content as a cherry blossom dying at the peak of her form. She's finished ahead of her mother, who quit the ballet to raise Nina, and she's way ahead of Beth, played by Winona Ryder, who's aged out of popularity and is wallowing in self-pity. Furthermore, she didn't have to sleep with the director to get where she did. All this time, Tomas has been pressuring her to be more sexual, and even though she kisses him passionately at the backstage at the moment of, tri- of her triumph, it's naked aggression. She's proving to him that she can seduce him this time, instead of the other way around. And now that she's dead, he'll never have her. 
Nina, samurai-like, dies doing her duty and loses none of her honor. And in the very last shot, she's in ecstasy. I was perfectly fine with that interpretation. Until I got to the fifth viewing. And that was after I'd internalized everything. And I thought I'd figure out what the whole film was about by this point. And I was ready to sign off and just say, Okay, time to write up my cinema immersion tank script. And then I had a sudden realization during that fifth viewing. And it was mostly about Thomas, the ballet director. All through the film, it's clear that he has sexual designs on Nina. Even though he never says it directly, his criticisms are laced with double entendres. She's not faking it, or your dancing is as frigid, or I'll need more of that bite. Part of that is because he's trying to inform her about the role of the black swan. She needs to seduce the audience. She needs to reach into herself and find that seductress. It's part of his vision for the production. But then, after a while, I began to realize, is that the only way that someone could do this? Sure, the seductress angle is a great one for the black swan, a character who is in Swan Lake an exact double of the ballet's uh, main character and steals her prince away. But it doesn't have to be all about sex. Tomas simply has cast her in a sexual light because it's his vision of the ballet. It's a powerful vision, but it's not the only one. Then he makes the decision to cast the Black Swan with a person he knows is ill at ease with sex and seduction, Nina. There are at least two dancers in the film who are better suited for the role, but Tomas' sexual desires override his judgment as an artist. Then he puts pressure on Nina for not being good at the one part she wasn't ready for. Nina doesn't see this because she's eager to get out of the chorus and into the spotlight, and she's willing to work as hard as ever, but she doesn't have it. She's running up against the wall, and there's no way around it, no way over it. She has to break through it, and she doesn't know how yet. This in itself is not fatal. It doesn't mean that she's automatically going to die, but not only does she have to deal with pressure from Toma, but she has to deal with her mother. Her mother is clearly controlling, and she's likely torn between her desire to see Nina succeed and to see her fail. After all, imagine losing your career because you have to raise a daughter. Then that daughter goes on to be better at that job than you could ever have hoped to have been. To some people, it's just not fair. Then Beth, the aging, self-destructive ballerina, is a vision of what Nina could become. Even if she's the best in the world, the time is going to come when she'll just be cast aside. There's no way out, really, for Nina. Either she's mediocre and becomes her mother, or she's great and becomes Beth. Now, in regular life, those aren't her only fates. People do age gracefully. They turn into mentors or become revered experts and find some joy in the memories of their art, even when they can't do it anymore. But Nina doesn't see that. The people around her are so poisonous that when Nina meets Lily, played by Mila Kunis, the dancer who actually befriends her, she thinks she's trying to replace her. And it didn't have to be that way. So that even if I look at Nina as like a shooting star who just flares out, beautiful to behold, she didn't have to fall like she did. If her mother had taught her something about sexuality rather than keeping her clenched in her fist, or if Beth had looked beyond herself and warned Nina about Thomas, or if Thomas himself had taught her how to dance seductively instead of yelling about it, Nina needn't have died. But things like that are set far in advance. Maybe like Oedipus, Nina's doom had already been sealed before she even stepped on a stage. Still, at the end, her fall was a graceful one. And like the Black Swan itself, it's always good to know that there are two options. Double fates, rather than just one.